Hello. Welcome. Welcome back to So It Goes. What's up? What's up? What's up? How many times can I say hello? <laughs> Welcome. What's up? Appreciate you. Um, that's about all the greetings I got. Yeah. Neato. Neato. If you didn't listen to our little intro episode, just a forewarning that this is not going to be professional by any means. Mm-mm. We also have three dogs. Three of them. That are directly above us. So if you hear any of the pitter patters, <laughs> pittering of the patters, we have or three the barks, dogs. How three. many feet is that? For twelve. Quick math. Quick math. <laughs> twelve little feet running around up there, and just like we have nowhere to go to escape them and their noise. So bear with us. They're amazing dogs. I love them to death. Yeah, we love our dogs. So. Um, let's see. What are we going to talk about today? Um, how not to be sluts. <laughs> oh my god. Just kidding. I am a slut. Yeah, you are. Dirty. Gross, love. Okay, let's see. We have bulletin points. Today we're going to talk about our mental health. Our mental like Me and your... Ours. Specific? Mental health. So what have we... ADHD, anxiety, and so it goes. A little bit of depression in there. <laughs> toss, toss in a little depression, and you got the perfect mixture. Yeah, yeah, that's a great time. You should, uh, I highly recommend depression to anyone. Oh my god! Who hasn't experienced it yet? It's, it's a highlight, you know. God. Uh, oh shit! That sucks. Um, we did have one question in our little question box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had one. We did. About us. Um, from Instagram. She asked, what did she ask? Oh. She asked, um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wait, I wrote it down. She asked us when we moved in together and like what it was like adjusting to like living with each other. Well, like, yeah, when we moved in together, it wasn't, wasn't bad at all. Actually, like we, we adjusted pretty well to each other in the sense of like, you know, just basic things of living with another person, like cleaning and stuff and trying to be like, oh, this, there's these certain things about my partner that yeah. that they do. And if, if it's good, then that's great. If it's like a pet peeve of yours or something, you just communicate it. You know and, what I mean? Yeah. Learning how to like deal with that and being conscious i guess of living with another human Mm -hmm. i mean it's definitely not like all easy but i mean we moved in together probably like a year before we got married so we lived together we were like a year and a half year and a half yeah before we like actually got married Mm -hmm. and that's one thing i think we would recommend to pretty much any relationship is definitely live together before you tie the knot (laughs) yeah because that's where you'll learn the most about each other and you'll you'll learn if that person does something that you really just can't fucking stand and you'll be like okay well i can't do this so yeah like if if he like sneezes in your face or something every time uh in the target parking lot maybe he eats off your plate at dinner every night oh my (laughs) hell dude you have issues with you have issues with sharing sharing my drinks i always say sharing is caring no whatever (laughs) hurt my feelings so but yeah i mean i feel like we clicked pretty well and we didn't have 
anything that was like too major we no not like one thing like especially like at the beginning it's it's pretty easy and then like you start we started developing habits that we didn't realize were bad habits with each other Mm -hmm. and it's really important to like to recognize those those bad habits or or those things that you're not you're like oh it's 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 really it's not a big deal kind of thing but it, it builds after after time and so like I would say especially the first year it's very easy um it gets harder after that in in the sense of like your relationship with the person you're living with yeah because you're always going to grow and change and you're always going to learn new things about each other but yeah like that first year I would say is pretty crucial depending on like whether you're gonna actually spend your life with this person or not yeah like you'll you'll know within like six months to a year if like okay like living with this person's decent yep it's they're decent human being and now we'll go through our struggles together yep right i think there will be struggles yes and i think that goes into one thing i kind of wanted to talk about with therapy and kind of being a new like fresh couple or whatever i wish and noah brought up a lot before we got married even when we first got married that oh like we should go to therapy as a couple and back then i kind of had like the same thought process about therapy that i feel like a lot of people do that you kind of have to have like these huge issues or like something must be really wrong with you if you go to therapy and so i was never very like open to it but I would recommend now that I have gone and we've both gone as a couple, I would say for sure 100% go to couples therapy before you're married. It's, it will save you a lot of trouble down the road. Yeah. Like it's, especially when you're new and you just moved in together, like you're not going to have very many issues or Mm -hmm. big issues, right? They're going to be very small issues. Yeah. That you don't even realize they're going to grow into being big issues. And they, they might yeah. they might not, but yep. that's just part of marriage is like they'll start really small. And the thing is, if you go now, right, you'll learn what beautiful thing is. And it'll just put you that much farther ahead than if you waited, right? Yep. I mean, you could just nip it in the butt right then and there. And why not, right? Why not nip in the butt when it's easy? Mm-hmm. And not even necessarily if you have like any problems because you might not think you do you know what I mean like when no and I first started going to couples therapy together we I mean I kind of went into it with like oh we I mean we even told our therapist that we don't really have anything major but we ended up having like quite a few things that we didn't even think were big problems but they could turn into big problems eventually so I think that's like why we would recommend it so much for like new couples you can learn things that you might be doing that you don't realize could like cause issues later on and you can learn how to navigate those early in your relationship Mm -hmm. and you can learn communication skills like all the things that are important you can learn kind of how to go about those without with another human you know gives you the tools to to have a successful marriage yes right yeah i mean you people can have successful marriages without therapy right um 
but I I would say like better safe than sorry, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And you'll come is. out a better person. You'll come out a better you. And you'll be like, man, I feel good. Yep. And I think my one of my things with it was like obviously the stigma is that you know you have to have these big problems and a lot of people asked us that like when we did start going as a couple we got a lot of people like wondering oh what like what's going on with you guys like are you are you getting divorced are you getting divorced and it's like no we just want to we want to better ourselves and we want to better our relationship and Mm -hmm. we want to like each other in 15 years you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like (laughs) and If we kept living the way we were, we probably wouldn't have. And we might have got divorced. And, like, I I wouldn't say that's, like, any fault of our own. No. In the sense of, like, we were just ignorant of... Things we were doing. Of things we were doing, of of our actions and then the consequences that that came from those actions, right? And not understanding each other. Like, Mm -hmm. how our... You know what I mean? How we want to be loved. And... Not understanding our own mental health struggles with anxiety and ADHD and just learning all of that and having an outside perspective to teach us these things and point these things out so that we can consciously make better decisions about it. It's just... And gain that empathy and it becomes manageable um, in the sense that I can understand Kelsey's feelings because we were able to, she was able to communicate that mm-hmm. to me through through our sessions and stuff and I was able to go oh yes oh my god I didn't yeah. realize it was like that mm-hmm. like oh that that hurts my heart so much I'm I'm so sorry yeah. that I didn't realize it was like that mm-hmm. and and vice versa yeah right yeah well it takes it ha- like you have someone in the room when you're communicating back and forth to pick up on certain things you're saying and the way you're saying them and to kind of mediate and be like oh well I think she kind of means it like this and he'll like take what I'm saying but make it come out in a more meaningful like make it make more sense I guess because let it make sense to me to yes to your partner because often what you're saying to yourself you're like oh yeah like I know like what I'm trying to say but sometimes it's hard to get that across and it's helpful to have someone that can kind of take that and put it in a different way so that mm-hmm. your partner can understand better. Yeah. The greatest thing about having a therapist there or a third party there, right, is your therapist doesn't isn't emotionally involved in your life, mm-hmm. nor does he probably want to be. Nope. No. I I mean he your he, ther- she. he she yeah. well, I mean they have their own life, their own thing and they're professional. Like they're listening for keywords and and for specific things that you say so that they can move you and guide you in the correct direction mm-hmm. to so you can get to a hallelujah moment right you, yeah. a realization of oh wow that i i get it now mm-hmm. i understand what i was doing or why these specific things are happening and i i now i know and i can be better and i feel confident i can be better right yeah um, I can be better for myself and I can be better for my wife, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because your therapist isn't emotionally involved. No. And, and they know nothing about your day-to-day life, you nope. know what I mean? So. Nor are they trying to. Yeah. And that's, that makes it, you would think it would be hard, but it makes it so much more easy. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Nor do they ever gain an opinion. No. Because and they're they don't take sides. Oh my god, that's such like a big. I feel like I don't know in the movies. I've seen that where it's portrayed like oh like they like kind of take sides with one or the other, and that's just like I mean there might be a shitty therapist out there that like does that, mm-hmm. or maybe a few of them. But a good therapist isn't gonna take fucking sides. They're not gonna you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not gonna be like oh, and they don't come in and be like. When you're telling, like, your perspectives and whatnot, they're not like, oh, well, Noah's right. Like, you're wrong, Kelsey. Like, they don't... It's not like that. Like... They they let you come to an understanding with each other. Yes. Right? Yeah. Nor do they give an opinion. Yep. I mean... If well... You, if you ask for a clinical opinion yeah, or, yeah. like... Oh. You know, and if you look up to your therapist and, mm-hmm. like, you trust your therapist, like, you'll, yeah. you'll take what you have to say and they'll, they can have very good advice and... But it's all professional, yeah. right? Because and it should be. And if right. it's not, then you need to find a new therapist. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> um, I think maybe we'll touch on a little bit, um, my anxiety and kind of start there because that's where I initially um, went to therapy alone. Well, no one went to therapy before any of us. <laughs> that I did. No one went to therapy, and it was amazing for him, and it did all this good and I saw it I physically saw it but I was still like so skeptical and I was like uh I don't well, know I'm not fucked up as much <laughs> as my husband so <laughs> yeah geez he has issues not even that dude I was just uh, I don't no. know I you know what I mean when you're when the, it's shoved in your face that like you have to have these problems I didn't want to be I don't want to admit that like oh I have these problems you know what I mean well nobody does yeah and like therapy is it's scary to take that step in the in the sense especially when you're never gone because you're like oh i'm gonna go with therapy and i'm gonna get there and i'm going to say who i am mm-hmm. or, or i'm going to try right yeah. and that guy or woman's gonna look at me and be like wow you're a real piece of shit no and it's just not like that it's not like that i think one of the hardest parts i think for people that do struggle with anxiety and me personally was I was so anxious about going to a place I didn't know in a house with someone I don't know in this room with a random stranger and then trying to open up and tell this person my feelings like that's scary and I mean I struggle really bad with social anxiety so that might not be the case for everyone with anxiety, but for me, that was one of the scariest parts. And also the fact that I couldn't leave the house alone, you know, it was to that point. Before I dive too deep into like my anxiety and stuff, I think I just wanted to talk a little bit about the difference between just like feeling anxious and actually having like anxiety, I guess, because everyone can feel anxious, you know, you can feel nervous, I guess would be a good Mm -hmm. explanation of that. Whenever, you know, you're doing something that public speaking, yeah, or taking a test, things like that, that you get nervous for, but it doesn't affect your day to day life. It's like actually having like a real anxiety disorder. Yeah. I just hate saying like disorder, like you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but it's, it's admitting that it's a disorder. And well, like, it's not because I'm not dis. 
not like this fun. I mean, it was. <laughs> okay. So yeah, having a real dis- anxiety disorder is when the feelings become excessive and they interfere with interfere with your daily living to the point where you can't do, do certain things because you're so anxious about it. Locked up and, yeah. and you crawl into a hole and you, you, and you sleep or whatever was the words. Um, self-destruct? No, no, not self-destruct, but you, like the recluse, what, the spider that like goes back in this hole? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Retreat? And, yeah, you retreat back into your your little bubble because you know it's safe right Mm -hmm. and you can be comfortable and that that bubble might at first might be like when i with you and how i saw it it was you know we had day jobs when we first started living together we had nine to fives and Mm -hmm. and we did that for that whole year and then we got married and we started working from home and and that bubble of possibilities right started mm-hmm. shrinking and that safe space got smaller and smaller until till you wouldn't leave the house without me yeah you know well and that's i mean when we weren't working from home we had like nine to five jobs i was out there like i had to drive myself to work you know what i mean i had to f- kind of force myself to be social in a work setting and once all of that went away i lost all of that like skill i guess and i've always struggled socially but it was to the point, I mean, it's been, what, 10 months since we I started going to therapy, just about. So before that, though, I was to the point where I couldn't leave our house to go anywhere alone. I would have to have Noah go everywhere with me or someone go everywhere with me. But, I mean, 98% of the time, that was Noah. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say that, like, you've lost those, those skills that you gained. But when we started working from home and stuff it let that anxiety like you got to a place where it really let that your anxiety grow and and you could shrink that that bubble can shrink because you didn't you didn't have to be out there right you didn't that's what i mean is i let those skills that i've learned shrink down Mm -hmm. i didn't have to use them well you didn't have to use them so then i became i mean it would have came regardless yes if you're home or not but i think it definitely amplified it especially kind of just feeling like we had to be locked in our homes and we couldn't go anywhere. So I got so used to like this daily just being home. And so anytime I had to go somewhere, like I, when I would get in the car, the worst possible scenario was going to happen to me, whatever that was, like whatever my mind would make up, that was what was happening. You were going to start the car and it's going to blow up. And just from a bomb. driving down the road and you know what I mean? A car bomb Someone's just gonna... the mafia? No. Because I've been messing with some fools. Well, <laughs> driving down the road, someone's going to T-bone me, I'm going to die. I'm going to walk into the grocery store and there's going to be that one person that's just targeting me and they're going to just shoot me up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just such, like, such these irrational fears, but they would take over my mind. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do anything. Like... Well, how could you, how do you, how do you, without the tools, how do you get yourself out of that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, well, like the hardest part was that I didn't think it was that big of a deal. That was what it was like. I talked myself down so much and told myself, this isn't, like, this isn't that big of a deal. There's people out there that have bigger, bigger problems than I do. 
So, like, why do I need to seek help when there's people that actually, like, deserve or need it? It's what I would tell myself. Mm -hmm. And then I went to therapy. Explain how you got there. To therapy? Mm -hmm. You drove me? (laughs) Well, no. Like, um... I mean, I was... Noah had been telling me for a while, like, try therapy, try therapy, because he had gone and it had been successful for him. And I just couldn't get myself. It was just so scary. The thought of going was so scary to me. And finally, one day, my parents were visiting us and I was talking to my dad about it. And he was actually the one to kind of tell me that I didn't have to keep living like this. And for whatever reason, that statement, like, just clicked in my mind. I was like, you're right. Like, I don't. Like, I can get help and that's okay. And I think it was like a couple days later that I scheduled, well, I had Noah schedule my first therapy appointment because I was too nervous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was too anxious to schedule my first therapy appointment. So Noah texted him and scheduled my appointment. And he drove me the first day. And I remember one of the first things I said to our therapist was that I had anxiety about not having big enough problems to be there. So I was anxious about my anxiety not being big enough. (laughs) Mm. It's like, there's got to be people, you know, that just struggle more. And he told me, he was like, no, you know, like no matter what you're feeling, it's valid. And you deserve to better yourself. So I remember one thing that stood out a lot when I went to my first therapy session was my grandpa had recently passed away and that kind of amplified a lot of my feelings, especially with death, because that was one of the things I really struggled with was dying. And like every time in my scenarios, I was always dying, no matter what. That was the worst possible outcome. Yes, that was like the worst possible outcome. And you defaulted to, to death. Yes. Right. And my grandpa dying was the first person in my family to pass away. The first like real person like that I was close to that like really affected me. Like I had had, you know, like family friends and stuff pass away, but this was like the first one that really hit me. So when I was went to my first session, I was telling our therapist how I didn't feel like I deserved to be there and I didn't feel like my problems were big enough and I was talking about my grandpa and how he died and how that amplified all these feelings. And he said to me that you can take a person that has had their grandparent pass away and they can move on, they can grieve or whatever and move on. But then you can also have a person like you that a grandparent passes away and it really affects your anxiety and it affects your day-to-day life. Consumes you. It consumes you. Yeah. And you can ask that other person, you can, that other person can, they would rather have their grandparent die. (laughs) a thousand plus times and grieve and go through the process than have your grandparent die and live how you've been living with it. And that was like, I was like, oh shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was, yeah, a big moment. And I kept going. I stuck to it. And it was probably a month before I really started noticing progress. And I was able to start going out again on my own. To wanting to go out. Wanting, yeah. To go out on your own. and That was a big thing. When I finally felt like I wanted to go out and be on my own mm-hmm. and enjoyed it. Like, I was like, ah, oh, this is fun. Like, I want to go. 
do things by myself sometimes because that's a big you have to be independent you know sometimes in your relationship you can't just depend on your partner all the time completely yeah so well yeah if you can't can't love yourself and have and be yourself right how could you be there for your partner Mm -hmm. right if you're if you're not even capable of being there for yourself right yeah um well also one thing that's gonna say um when I would tell Kelsey, like, yeah, you should, I think you would benefit from therapy. Mm -hmm. And, like, I knew that you can never force therapy on somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, I I already knew that. You know, I knew if if she was going to go to therapy that the decision was going to come from her Mm -hmm. completely. And when I would say it and suggest it to her, you know, it's just just coming from a place of love and said, hey, I think, especially when you were really down and, angry about something or whatever and i'd be like yeah i you know i think therapy would really help you and mm-hmm. it's it's an amazing thing and you would go well i don't have problems go fuck yourself you problem man that's not what i would say i would I, in the moment no. i would say when he would come to me and be like oh like i think you should try therapy it felt very forced and that's not what he was doing but to me i took it like you're trying to force me to do this and, like, I have to do this when I'm ready. But that, I mean, ultimately, that was an excuse. I was... Yeah, and it's everyone's excuse. Yeah. I was like, I'll do it when I'm ready. But you're ready all the time. You don't have to be ready. Like, there's nothing you're ready for. You just have to go. Yeah. Who doesn't want to better themselves, you know? Everyone tries to better themselves. You try to better yourself every day that you wake up. Because I mean, you can get a positive outcome from that, right? Whether it's yeah. in work or sports or school or yeah whatever it is you know you're always striving to be better right to be a better version of yourself than the day before uh therapy will give you all the tools to do that Mm -hmm. and uh, we're very very pro therapy i guess um (laughs) obviously um because that's like we know that's like where the real work is done mm -hmm. right that's We've seen the success. Mm-hmm. So, and I think we talk about it so much as because I know what it's like to be so scared to go. And I just want to help people not feel that, I guess. And a lot of people don't have the support system and the people to kind of yeah. push them in that direction and yep. show them that, like, it's okay and it works mm-hmm. and it's helpful. So, and you'll get a lot of to anyone friends family whatever you'll get you you know if you if you talk about therapy or i guess i wouldn't talk about therapy to anyone until you go and then talk to about your friends and family and and you'll most likely get pushback on it in the sense of like like they won't believe you Mm -hmm. they'll be like oh what a waste of money or or well you're you're fucked up and and you just know in your mind, you're like, man. You know what you do with those people? Okay. You cut them out. Well, of- I wasn't going to say cut them out. I just said because, like, you and you get it from anyone, people that you're closest to, you know, that I know, but- aren't about therapy. And, and you, you're just like, man, what a beautiful thing you're missing out on. Yeah. Because that's how you come out of it. I, I don't know. You, you have to go. I can't really explain it in words. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it was a it was a fantastic day for me when Kelsey asked me to schedule 
the appointment. I remember asking her, I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to, I'll schedule the appointment, but like, it's because you want to go. I'm just helping you get there. Like I, this isn't coming for me. This is coming for you. You want me to schedule the appointment? And she said, yes. And well, I think I even yeah. like typed the message up. I just had to have, honestly, have you click send. Cause I was yeah. like, I'm too scared. Like I can't click send, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, all, and it really all. confused our therapist because he was like, the text came from Noah, and then I showed up, and he was like, "I'm wait, what's going on?" <laughs> well, yeah, I said I need to schedule an appointment for my wife, and yeah, but yeah. he was like, he's kind like of lost in it. Yeah. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to touch on with anxiety, especially the social anxiety part, and something that I've really struggled with when it comes to social anxiety is when you meet new people. Or if you're in a group of new people or what, whoever it is, oftentimes you can come off as a total asshole because I don't like to talk. Like, I don't, I don't like to engage in the conversation. And it's not because I'm being rude or I don't have any thoughts because I do. They're running through my mind. But the thought of speaking up, especially with two, three people or whatever, just, I just, that's too much. Yeah, I mean... From what I can tell, I assume that's mostly thoughts of like, oh, well, what about if I say something? Like, oh, I have a good thought. What about if I say it? And then everyone looks at me like I'm an idiot. Well, yeah, it's everything. It's yeah. just constant like. Like a word. You're, yeah, you're, what you have to say has no value. Like, it's just constantly my mind running, like degrading anything that like I would possibly have to say. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's going to stare at me. And what if nobody, you know what I mean? What if nobody engages back? What if someone laughs at me? Like, it's just stupid, irrational thoughts most of the time. What about if it gets awkward? Exactly. Oh. What if nobody's, you know what I mean? What about if it gets awkward? What about if it gets awkward? Awkward moments are my favorite. No. So, I just wanted to, like, I don't know, I guess touch on that a little because there's a lot that comes with social anxiety, too. I mean not responding to text messages or if someone calls me I'm like why no like absolutely not (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's so hard especially if it's like if the text requires me to like actually think and have like a thoughtful like response a lot of times I will leave it for days and then I'll get back and I'll be like sorry like I'm the worst at texting but So that's part of it. I mean, it doesn't just go in social settings. You know what I mean? If I have to call and make myself an appointment somewhere, you can count on me not calling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I even even struggle with that, making appointments and whatnot, but it doesn't stop me from making an appointment, right? Like, that's the difference. Like, like, oh, yeah, like, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, it's uncomfortable calling and making an appointment or to have to have to pick up utah tax commission people i'm like oh fuck i just better answer it anytime anyone calls so i can tell them yeah i'm getting i'm taking care of it you know yeah but yeah that that would be the difference is like yeah it's uncomfortable for me Mm -hmm. but like i'm going to do it because it it doesn't uh, make me dysfunctional right i can't i can i can do it and go on with my day yeah right it doesn't physically you know, stop me or yeah. like put me in physical turmoil. Yeah. Like my heart races and I start sweating. Like it's like, it's tough. It's kind of if funny. I can't, it's not. If I can't like schedule an appointment online, 
then I'm probably not going to do it. So, <laughs> I don't know. I just, with anxiety, it's tough and it can feel lonely. A lot goes with any mental health related issue, but. It's lonely. It's lonely for, lonely for me as well. And just in the sense of like, man, I wish I could like help mm-hmm. and be there. But like, I know anything I have to say will be dis- discarded not that you are trying to be mean or yeah. anything, but you know, like I, I, I didn't get it, nor, nor could I get it and feeling helpless. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and frustrated and then also like developing bad habits in the sense of like when Kelsey would come and ask me to take her to the post office or anywhere because she wouldn't leave the house without me mm-hmm. my reaction would be would would be angry because mm-hmm. I'd be like why can't you just why can't you go buy a roll of tape for yourself like why do I have to come with you why do I have to interrupt my day and take you to the grocery store yeah and like that, that reaction developed over time, and and like I didn't want to be angry with her, but that the those little those things that are small things at first can become bigger and bigger, and then you have to break the habit of of that reaction, right? So like when Kelsey after she did therapy, and I saw how much it helped her and the improvement, and like it was like a burden and a weight had been lifted off her shoulders. She just looked so much more happy. And then when she would come to me, I'd had to, I had to do my part in the sense of like, oh, okay, she's asking me to go to the grocery store. So like, that is a husband responsibility, right? Like I have to go to the grocery store too, because, well, I have to eat, I guess. <laughs> Fucking dude. Oh, anyways, I hate the grocery store. So like, I had to break the habit of having an angry reaction. And I have successfully broken that habit because like, we have been consistent in, and showing each other like there is a light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. that's yeah like if you're willing to look for it yeah right finding it's one of the hardest parts because that's when you're in the darkest place well just knowing I mean, that's a hard part but like walking to it mm-hmm. is is extremely difficult and takes a lot of effort well i think it helps to hear from someone that struggled personally that it does work and like things can get better mm-hmm. you know you don't have to keep living like that mm-hmm. you have to make the steps though you know mm-hmm. you have to make the decision to want to be better to, yeah to want to better yourself mm-hmm. and that's the best decision you can make mm-hmm. so i don't know i give myself kudos because like i never pretended to understand like pretend to be like oh i know what you're going through and and then be unsympathetic for that right because that was a self thing that was a you thing that you had to take care of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, well, what about your you things? Oh, I have plenty. I have all of them. Oh, we've... Oh, my we've me things. Oh, my me things, love. Talk a lot about my things. Oh, I know. Well, makes me feel a little bit better. I'm not the only one that's just needs therapy. <laughs> what? I'm not the only one in the relationship that needs therapy. No, everyone but. needs therapy, but just coming from my perspective as a partner like that you had your struggles yeah and like it affects the marriage and stuff and yeah when your partner struggles your marriage will struggle yeah what are your struggles tell us a struggle of yours noah <laughs> well the last year not the last year but 
six months ago, and then the last year. <laughs> I wouldn't say so, like middle of December, and then that whole last year. Mm-hmm. So like, if you go back three months to like middle of December, and then and like, then you go a whole year. Yes, from that time to like the previous was December. probably the worst year of my life. Not probably was the worst year I have ever lived in my human life. <laughs> it was horrible. I did not like it. Nope, not one bit. What didn't you like about it? Not everything. So I guess we can start from the beginning. Um, kind of give you some context to how I developed into the whole situation and whatnot into that worst year of my life. So like July 14th, 96, <laughs> I was born. I was born. I'm talking the beginning, guys. <laughs> I don't think we got time for that beginning. No. <laughs> I was a, grew up as a very, very rowdy kid. Okay, but go to, into depth. Because I feel like rowdy is like the... Oh. You know what I mean? Boys are rowdy. And then they're like, oh, so all boys have ADHD. Oh, well, you yeah. Know I, I mean? shouldn't say rowdy yeah. kid. I was always fucking myself up as a kid. <laughs> yeah. But we were always doing like really nuts of things, right? Yeah. So... When I was 13, my parents separated. Um, I ended up staying with my dad. Um, and I lived with my dad until I was, until I met Kelsey. And then we moved in together at my dad's house. And then we moved out of my dad's. And so it goes, right? So it goes. Funny. Um, so in high school, I was, you know, I was talented at sports. And I was a, played football. And, like, I had lots of friends. And we smoked a lot of weed and did a lot of psychedelic drugs oh and i loved it, my experiences with psychedelics it became impulsive and yeah. and then i was doing too way way too many drugs but i was i was completely failing high school because i fucking hated school mm-hmm. i dreaded going to school mm-hmm. so i dreaded having to sit there for an hour and a half for one class period like i just like it destroyed me it would what was like so dysfunctional yeah what was like the hardest part of like having to sit through like a class was it like focusing or i just like get antsy like uh, antsy like i didn't want to be there yeah that was it was the very last i could be skiing i could be doing something something i enjoy yeah I just saw it was such bullshit. I had to sit there. Mm-hmm. And so, but like, I, I loved playing football, right? I all the way until my junior year, right? I played, I played football all through high school and barely, like I barely, barely made it. And then the summer between my junior and my senior year, I was given a drug called Vyvanse. Um, and Vyvanse is basically Adderall for kids, right? Also, everyone has ADD, you know what I mean? We can all lose focus and whatnot, but mine becomes excessive. And my decisions were so impulsive that it was it was really destroying my life. And, and the image of myself was, oh, I'm a loser. Like in my junior year, I looked at myself in the mirror and I, because I was finding school and stuff and, and I was lost and didn't know what to do. But, you know, I was 16. Mm-hmm. whatever and but i accepted i was like yeah I, i'm gonna be a loser i'm i'm gonna live with my dad and 
for as long as he lets me live, maybe move out with some friends, live with some homies and smoke pot every day mm-hmm. and be a loser and work a shit job. Yeah. Like I accept, I, I just accepted. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I'm a loser yeah. and I have to be okay with that because the decisions and everything I was doing in my life was leading me there yeah. and I couldn't, I couldn't get it together. Yeah. No matter how hard I tried, no matter like, and you know, new quarter of school would come around. I would go to, I would show up, be the first class period, be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. I'll do better this time. Yeah, I'll do better this time. As long as I stay on it, I don't mess up, mm-hmm. right? As long as I'm perfect. Yeah. But, you know, third period roll, roll <laughs> around, homie would be like, yo, you want to go smoke? I'd be like, fuck yeah. Oh my God. And then I'd go smoke and I wouldn't show up to school the rest of the week. I like maybe, I think I did like, like two and a half, three weeks a full day's worth of school yeah and then the summer between my junior senior i i was given vivance and i remember when i took the drug and going into my bathroom and looking in the mirror and being like holy shit dude you you can you don't have to be a loser you can compete you can go to class you can do what everyone else does Mm mm-hmm you're you're you don't have to be in such a disadvantage like life can be this way and you can you can be normal yeah right and like don't get me wrong like i have amazing qualities about myself and like some of my impulsiveness and like being really loud and outspoken and having absolutely zero filter mm-hmm. um <clears throat> people looked at that as like oh yeah yeah that's just no i love no and no it's dope blah 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 but it was more bad than it was good. Yeah. Right. And it was more destructive mm-hmm. than it could ever have been good because when it really came down to reality, right, people didn't look at me as like, oh, that outspoken loud kid, he's so cool. Well, I right? think too, when like you're younger like that, when you are in high school, like that does seem kind of cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to my it, friends yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But if like you would have kept that lifestyle and those like same habits throughout your like getting older and maturing and whatnot like i could see like that would be very destructive you yeah. know yeah and that was one it was such a hallelujah moment for me because i was like holy shit i'm saved i can i can do what everyone else seems to be able to do but me yeah right i, I think feel helpless yep um it was a really really big moment in my life right yeah. big defining moment yeah anyways uh didn't mean that I like I I still barely graduated high school because I got lucky because mm-hmm. I got I had it I got a head injury mm-hmm. it was uh, like caused contusions in my brain and, and had bleeding in my brain and stuff and so I, I got homeschooled the rest of my senior year after football season mm-hmm. so I still got to play football You're which still- was dope um and then I homeschool teacher would come once a month and I ended up doing 18 packets yeah to pass high school right and and i had a uh, vice principal miss ernest shout out to you because you're an amazing human being who really believed in me and like she was she kept me in there and they want she wouldn't let them kick me out and i give her most of the credit for me graduating because i had someone on my side yeah um and i got very lucky i was able to graduate high school barely barely well, i don't know if anyone relates that in I think like, yeah, a lot of their people high school years or yeah, and, and you know that was that was a while ago. Um, anyways, I 
but I, I knew I, I got this drug, but nobody told me anything about it. And five so, ants. Five ants. Okay. And then. Which is basically Adderall, just so people like. Yeah. Which like is, we kind of touched. Yeah. Yeah. Which is basically Adderall for teenagers. Yes. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then after I graduated high school, I was prescribed Adderall. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't know what Adderall was. I didn't do any research about it. I didn't mm-hmm. learn anything about it, right? Um, I just knew that, wow, this pill lets me sit down and do work for eight hours if I have to. Yeah. Or, like, keeps me on track, yeah. right? It it lets me start something. Well, like, I, I just, like, I can I can take it. And, and then I have the ability now to start something and finish it. Yep. Where it was not like that before. Yeah. And so, like, it, it's not the drug. My intelligence and and yeah, and the things I like about myself isn't has nothing to do with the drug, yeah. right? It just I'm able to to calm down and and organize and put into order all of the bad things, the dysfunction, impulsiveness. Like I can I can contr- it helps me control, control it, those. right? Yep. Yeah, and I can I can move forward in a, in kind of a straight line because you know I don't move forward just straight like oh god. Fuck yeah. yeah, I'm gonna do all this work, blah yeah. blah, right? Yeah. Like it still takes mental mental strength to like focus on focus and whatnot. But yeah. that but now I, I have the tool to even say, oh hey, mental strength, you're there. Yeah. You exist. I can use you to like kind of like keep myself in line. Mm-hmm. Where like it didn't even exist before, right? So then you got Adderall. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know anything about it. Now coming to the present. Right, so like that was kind of, it's like a basic, yeah, like, yeah, like my basic, like my experience with basically feeling hopeless to like, oh, I took this pill and it opened up opportunity for me, mm-hmm. right, made things possible. Yeah. So now to present day, you were talking about my hands are so the dirty. Worst year of your life. <laughs> That's true. Oh, that <laughs> happened. Um, uh, dude. I guess defining ADHD is kind of like this. Well, every, like everyone can be ADD, right? Everyone gets distracted. Whatnot. It's not even everyone can be ADD, but every, yeah, everyone can get distracted sometimes. Everyone can. But certain... those distractions don't interfere with your with being functional in your day to day life, right? But yeah, yeah, and that's not from what I've learned. Like I've been learning a lot about ADD, ADHD. I mean, it's the same thing from what I've learned so far. It's just like everyone can have traits of ADHD. You know, I can lose focus sometimes or I can not want to finish a project or I can be impulsive at times. But it's taking like six or seven or eight of those on that list and combining them all into one. And that's what becomes ADHD. It's just like you have all these things. And they, you know what I mean? being excessive. Yeah, and not just a few of them, or not just one once in a while. Like, it's multiple things. Every day, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, ADD and ADHD are the same thing. Yes. They, for whatever reason, added the H in there for hyper-deficit disorder, but... Well, it's hyperactivity. Oh, hyperactivity. Yeah. Yeah. Um later on i don't know why they did that they confused everyone but yeah i just learned that that they're literally the same thing so one of the biggest things that you know i wish i would have had the knowledge of especially Mm -hmm. with dealing with adderall is 
uh, for one, Adderall is an addictive substance, right? Mm-hmm. And you can very, very well easily become extremely addicted mm-hmm. to it, right? And then start abusing it and have a very rough year of your life, yeah, right? <laughs> but if as long as you're aware that it's an addictive substance, like you can treat it as a dependency and be very careful with it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, like I said, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. I didn't know it was an addictive substance. Well, and kind of how ironic and funny to give like the impulsive person with ADHD an extremely addictive su- substance. You know what I mean? Like here. Here. Take this. Like and it'll work. Take it right. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it works just fine. But you're also very impulsive and you have, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's just like one of the, the big thing. I guess I'm not trying to tell you what your big things are, but like from what I've seen, like being with you, impulse is. Why don't you just tell me a little <laughs> bit more? Huh? You told me about mine. I, I know. Well, I'm just say, saying from my perspective, impulse is a big one for you. Mm-hmm. And I, from what I've read in the book that I'm reading, it's a big one for a lot of people that struggle with ADHD. Yeah, because those impulsive decisions most of the time are really bad decisions yeah, right yeah. Even, well, yeah. even though like maybe five percent or ten percent of those impulsive decisions yeah can lead to being something really cool or really great or like man that was like yeah that was amazing yeah. right and that can like kind of drown out the other 90 percent <laughs> of impulsive horrible decisions that's absolutely destroying my life yeah. and it's just me destroying my life and i don't even realize why yeah it, it can foreshadow it and then people be like ah oh, you're just fine yeah i'm like what do you mean i'm just fine like i'm i'm not functioning yeah at all work beating one o'clock really needed to be on it i said fuck it yeah i did not go they asked me they're like where are you at are you hopping on the meeting noah didn't even say anything didn't even say anything that this... was random i know um <laughs> and, and so adhd goes both ways by the way so it doesn't ADHD isn't just hyper deficit disorder uh, attention disorder, well, yeah, that's right? What, it's not like I don't have to be hyper. Yeah, that's ADD, what, right. Like the it stigma goes, of ADHD is is oh this person's opposite. so hyper. Mm-hmm. No, it goes the very opposite, yeah. right? And they're on both extremes. Like sometimes I could be just extremely just fucking nuts, right? Just yeah. go go go, so loud, impulsive, like holy yeah. shit. Yeah, and then it would it would sway to the very opposite and I would do nothing. Yeah. Like school, nothing. I'd wake up, I'm going to smoke a bowl instead of go to school. Impulsive decision, right? I had to be at school that day, but you know, like if I want to play football next year or if I want to graduate, I have to be at school and I have to be on time. Mm -hmm. I woke up and smoked a bowl instead. So being on time. That's, being on time i'm all right with that no i'm not horrible we're mostly late to like everything we do dude i don't know what world you live in but like i'm five minutes on time every day no absolutely not i am there 60 percent of the time every time this is why if we lose track or we randomly start talking about it's not <laughs> shit it's just is not it makes it fun it okay? does make it fun but um, that's like your ADHD. It can become. You dis- guys get to experience it, it real can time. Become disruptive, <laughs> right? So, for anyone that um, is taking Adderall currently or that um, 
like I, I don't have anyone else that takes Adderall that's directly involved in my life, right? So it's just kind of me and I've had to navigate it by myself. Um, very lonely and very like Kelsey has been like, well, and even I have talked about it to stop taking Adderall, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, I have such a fear of like, like, why can't you understand that when I take this pill, it lets me be normal just like you it lets me compete with you and i can be smart mm-hmm. right and i don't think that anymore but for a while there yeah. there was like oh i i have to take this pill or i'm not smart yeah and that's the fucking lie because yeah. my intelligence has always been there I've it's always, always there yeah but the pill does not make me smarter no. right no but it's a to me it's a tool that allows me to order that and take all the dysfunction and uh chaos and and consolidate it into a place where I can thrive, I yes. guess, right? Well, I think it's important to talk about it because there's also such a stigma in taking medication. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? A lot of people are like, oh, like you have to take medication. Like, oh, you're yeah. messed up. <laughs> like, I, I get the analogy all the time. Like, well, when someone has diabetes and they have to take insulin, you don't. You don't, yeah. You, you don't, you know, demonize them for that. And like, yep. to me, I, I, I really struggle with it, like to not demonize it. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't have diabetes and like diabetes. And diabetes, yeah. And when I don't take it, you know, I'm alive still. I live. Yeah. But like people don't understand that like it falls apart. Yeah. Well, the and, same way it would as, like, you know what I mean? A lot of people have to take depression medication and anxiety medication. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do. And, like, that's, we, I don't know. It's so, like, frowned upon for whatever reason. And it's, like, why would, if that helps you, you well, know what I mean? And, and like, you feel better you by doing that, then, mm-hmm. like, you have to do what is best for you. And, like, you know, don't think I don't feel that, like, when I, I I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to take a pill to compete, like. Bet your ass, I feel lesser. I feel well. That's because that's weak, society, right? I feel like I'm weaker than everyone else, right? Because I'm like, man, you guys have such an advantage over. And this is my personal, right? My personal perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all oh, you, everyone has such an advantage over me. Yeah, and I have to take this pill to be on the same playing field. Yeah, right. Um. And that can that can get distorted as well, especially when you're like, oh, I could take more. Mm-hmm. I can take more than what I'm prescribed to put myself, give myself an advantage. Yeah, a head start. Wrong. <laughs> it does not. It then you're at disadvantage again. By the way, yeah, yep. If you don't take it as prescribed, or you take too much, mm-hmm. it counteracts what it's trying to do and it works in the opposite and then you hyper focus and then you get no shit done yeah right it it, and then it really messes with your mood and um i said that weird yeah it messes with it starts messing with your mood and your sleep schedule your sleep schedule your hormones and then all your your, hormones your hormones Your hoary bones, right? Yeah. Aren't so hoary anymore. Oh my God. And then next thing you know, you're sleeping for two weeks. Yeah. Because you you're don't in have a very, me. very bad place. Yeah. And that gets very lonely and scary. Yeah. So, like, do yourself a favor and 
don't put yourself in that position. Yeah. Because it's not worth it. I really wish I would have had somebody to tell me what it was. Mm-hmm. To tell me what this drug really was. I mean, fuck my doctor. You'd think. <laughs> but, like, I, I was the only one to take it, right? And I just, I just didn't. I didn't look into it and do any research on it because, you know, I was a kid when I was given it. And to me, it was like, oh, I can be something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And nobody will ever take this drug away from me because I, it's me. Right. And these were, these were bad thoughts. And I know, and if anyone that is taking Adderall that has these same feelings about it, they're like, oh man, my Adderall is, makes me so much of a better person like i'm a better person when i take it Mm -hmm. that's a fucking lie yeah it's just a tool to let you continue to be the best you that you are because everything is already there you're are you are you right you just need a tool to help to like organize it organize it yeah yeah um that can you know you know like i said it can get you can you can get overconfident with it right you can be like oh i can I can take more, be better, right? And yeah. that's and that's that's how you'll know that Adderall does not make you smarter or better. Yep. Because if you take more, it literally does the opposite. Yeah. If you take Adderall, don't ever feel that you're stupid without it because it that's just a lie. That's just not true. That's yeah, one thing that you've worked a lot on, I feel like mm-hmm. is not feeling lesser. Mm-hmm. without Adderall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before I had Adderall, um, it talks about like a lot of like being very aggressive mm-hmm. and my behavior was extremely aggressive. Yeah. Like people who knew me before I started taking Adderall, I was a very aggressive human being mm-hmm. because I was so loud and impulsive. And so kind of bring it back, you know, like with every, everything you can abuse it. They can become excessive, right? And yep. if you're not careful, you don't treat your Adderall as a dependency, right? Then it becomes an addiction, right? And I've had to learn and like, and, and it was the hardest year of my life in the sense of like, I, all of last year, I, was, I got out of control with it and it caused my extreme depression, mm-hmm. which is a very lonely place, very dark place that you really don't feel like you can get out of and mm-hmm. and i worked on it i was going like did therapy all last year and it still took me a whole year to get out of that place mm-hmm. and it wasn't until december um that i was like oh shit i could be better than this right and i conquered those things yeah and i've been doing doing very very well with it ever since and i've got my life back on track right i got out of the hole and I started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I've started walk, walk, working. Mm-hmm. I've started started walking towards it, mm-hmm. right? And man, what a what a weight lifts it off my shoulders. Like what a yeah. what a horrible experience that I just wouldn't wish my worst enemy to go through. Yeah, and it's been all me that's been able to put my life back together. Yeah, right. Um, and that was a me thing, right? Like if Kelsey's anxiety was her was a her thing, and she had to go through the struggle to put it put it together for herself and yeah and i had to do this and i had to break a lot of beliefs i had about myself right with it and biggest one is it makes me smarter right or i'm stupid without it yeah 
or I'm lesser without it, right? Yeah. Or I can't do do life without it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I could do life without it. Just be harder. <laughs> I would. I, I don't think it'd be very good, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I don't think I would have a marriage. Yeah. Because. But that's yeah. the thing is that it can go both ways, and we really struggled, you know, when when your partner is going through something hard, like that directly affects your marriage and you as a person also like when Noah was going through the depression I also found myself in this state of like no motivation and I just wanted to stay in bed and I just wanted to like I pretty much gave up on my business for like a few weeks if not a couple months Hmm. I just like could not find I was like where did all like why am I feeling so drained of life like where is my motivation why don't I want to do anything that makes me happy you know and we started talking about that in therapy and our therapist was like well yeah like when your partner is feeling that deep depression or you know what I mean anything mental health wise that's affecting them that much like you're gonna feel it too and it's going to affect you you know what I mean um and yeah like I hate to throw the word depression around but uh, it was in a very bad way Right. Well, depression is being honest, and I know. Well, you know, I was a very yeah, I was in a very, very bad way. And when I say like, I've never struggled with. I'm a very very happy person. Right? Yeah. Uh, I've never struggled with find trying to find positives in things. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that year, there was none. Yeah. There was nothing positive, and I waking up hurt, doing anything, thinking. Being awake was miserable mm-hmm. and like sleep was where I wanted to be because I could escape it, right? Yeah. There was no comfort. Yeah. There was no little safe bubble. There was nothing. There was only escape, yeah. right? And drinking, I don't think would help. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I don't have any other like vices or anything like alcohol and marijuana like are fun, but they're not like anything i've struggled with yeah Yeah. um so like everyone has their different vices or their different struggles that you have to be in control of right yeah fuck dude nicotine sucks nicotine (laughs) sucks my ass um but it's beatable like nicotine ain't shit once you've stopped and lived a month without it but during that (laughs) whole month that oh man Man, be better not to have a wife. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, be better not to just sleep through it. I don't know. I wish it would just go away. You just sit there and you're like, oh, man, when am I going to stop being so angry all the time? And then it goes away. I think, like, kind of reeling back in here, I don't know. That was just a small touch on both our parts of things we've kind of struggled with. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> we could probably do hours and hours and hours talking about our struggles, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important for us to do this episode first because we wanted to start, have a base of like, letting you guys know that we're real humans, you know. And, and individual struggles, yeah. mostly. And like we struggle. Yeah, we've had our individual struggles hard. Yep. And then 
and you have to that's the first thing you navigate it is that's the first thing you have to do yeah because if you can't if you can't figure yourself out you can't put yourself in a good state of mind Mm -hmm. then you can't in your marriage yeah like that was that was one of the hardest things with our marriage through the last year and stuff and since we started doing individual therapy and couple therapy, basically our relationship was put on hold until until we could we, better ourselves. We got our shit together. Yeah. Right. As individuals. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you can't work on your marriage if you have like a shit pile of shit on your end yeah. that you haven't figured out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to get through your own stuff and then you work on your together stuff. Mm-hmm. And being on the other side of it as the partner like patience mm-hmm. right patience is everything like uh kelsey was very patient with me and uh i mean the other thing like i covered my depression up pretty well ish mm-hmm. yeah for pretty, a lot of it yeah yeah i mean i knew something like ultimately was wrong i could sense you know what i mean like mm-hmm. something's off but mm-hmm. yeah you were good at still kind of being happy and I mean, that's why they always, you know, the saying, check in on your happy friends, because you can come off as, I mean, most of the time when someone ends up committing suicide or, you know, they ask the family members or their friends and they're like, they were so happy. We Mm -hmm. had no idea. Mm -hmm. I have no idea most of the time, but. Well, I've just heard that a lot. I'm not spitting facts. I I, guess, like, yeah. I've heard that from, you know, Mm -hmm. people that have known people. I've heard that as well, for sure. Well, and the saying, yeah, Yeah, the saying is definitely out there, but. And it's very true. It is, because. I had a a friend. It was the the happiest person I ever knew. Mm -hmm. Just, he was the coolest dude. Yeah. And, like, it was really, it was really sad. Yeah. Broke my heart. He was a cool guy. So. Yeah, I think. I think, yeah, kind of wrapping mm-hmm. back up. Wrapping up, we just, like I said, wanted to start off with an episode about us and our struggles and just giving our honest mm-hmm. opinions yeah. and things That's, that we've gone through. Yeah. If there's any dudes out there, dudettes, dudes, <laughs> dudettes, dudettes that take Adderall and would like me to elaborate more on like what I've learned on it and, and with Kelsey's anxiety Mm -hmm. too, like, like, please ask. Yep. Like that was one thing I wish I would have looked for with my Adderall is like other, other people's opinions or to, to see that other people have these struggles with this that i could be like oh i'm not alone yeah because i that was the biggest thing for me as i just thought it was all it was just me Mm -hmm. right like just me being a piece of shit and abusing my adderall right yeah it's just me that thinks oh well i'm stupid so i have to take adderall right yeah yeah i'm I'm not stupid i'm a smart motherfucker (laughs) oh my god well Uh, that's yeah smart enough not uh, smart enough one of that's one of like the main reasons we wanted to do a podcast is so that we can share and help hope that we can help people feel less alone mm-hmm. in the journey and mm-hmm. that there are real people mm-hmm. out there that struggle mm-hmm. you know next week yes i think we'll wait until like later in the day and like only take one adderall oh my gosh right <laughs> so like it will be a roller coaster you guys can experience yeah. 
ADHD you know of, I'm for just real. Just kidding. <laughs> the thing is, is my ADHD still exists with it my does. Adderall. Yeah. Like, I'm still, I still lose my fucking phone and keys and wallet. Every day. All the time. Yeah. But they're not permanently lost. Just because perfect. I'm like, oh, I have like three spots. Yeah. If it's not in that one, it has to be in the other one. <laughs> it has to be in the bedroom. If it's not in the bedroom, then it's downstairs. If it's not downstairs, well, fuck. Yep. Then they're lost. No, I'm like, Kelsey! <laughs> help! Yep. But like, I still like, I still have my ADHD. Mm-hmm. The pill does not fix me. Right? Yeah. Like, I still have all Just, the struggles yeah. as everyone else. And, but it, I, I have the the filter and the um, self-control to now give myself self-discipline and be like, okay, yeah, all right. Like, I don't want to do this. I'd rather just play video games, but, like, I'm going to fucking work because, like, you know, I'm an adult, I guess. Fuck. And then be mad about it and then do work, right? Anyway, it's enough about me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, that was good. And I think... There's going to be a lot of people, I hope, there's a lot of people that can relate mm-hmm. and they can take something useful out of mm-hmm. this. I don't know. Maybe there was some helpfulness. Yeah, and those are very, and this is very specific, like, yeah. things. But, I mean, even if you, if it's not ADHD or anxiety or if it's something else, yep. um, hopefully there's some things that you could take away, relate to and, and say, hey, that's kind of like me. Yep. Hey. I'm fucked up like these guys. Cool. Yeah. Also, we don't know shit, but kind of know a little bit. <laughs> We're not experts, nor are we claiming to know anything. And two plus five is four. <laughs> Quick math. Please do not take right? anything. Take it all seriously and literally, <laughs> and then see how no. things turned out. We're not trying to give you any medical advice. Just We're not fun. medical professionals. Nope. <laughs> Just relate and then, you know, make fun of us, talk shit. Like, you Laugh know, with us. Like, man, sometimes he says really stupid things like a dumb idiot face. Oh, my face. God. I know. Dude, why am I so mean to myself? Jesus. So I think that pretty much wraps up our episode. And we'll probably talk a lot more about a lot of this in the future. But for now, we'll leave it at that. So it goes.